Welcome to the Young Artists Podcast, when young artists take center stage. I'm your host, Natalia, and this is the place where we dive deep into the minds and works of emerging artists, exploring their unique perspectives and creative journeys. Enjoy! Welcome to another episode of the Young Artists Podcast. Today in the spotlight, we have an extraordinary artist, who alongside with his friend have taken the art of cooking to a whole new level. Meet Karol Adamiak, who is a part of Bracia, a dynamic duo who've turned their passion for food into an artistic journey. What's particularly fascinating is the way they seamlessly blend flavors, colors and textures, turning every dish into a vibrant work of art. Welcome, Karol. Whoa, that was such a nice introduction. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. Uh, please explain the concept of bracha and how did you come up with it? Right. Um, well, I run it with Barkley, who is my friend and who is kind of like my older brother. So mm-hmm. hence the name bracha, which means brothers in Polish. And we met, I think like around two or three years ago. And then at some point, I think it was like, oh, we're doing like he was organizing a charity dinner for Ukraine and he knew that I cook, he was a chef at the time and he was like, oh man, like, can you help us and like prepare something that is like slightly Polish, slightly Ukrainian. And so, yeah, so I came over and I helped and I prepared barsht and, <laughs> and we got really along. And since then we kind of started chatting about you know, like about food and about like how we want to kind of like do our own thing, but it wouldn't be opening a restaurant. So, you know, this kind of started organically turning into this like kind of pop up thing where we want to create something that is definitely around food, but maybe slightly more than just going out to a restaurant. Mm -hmm. So like we really want to usually have a theme around the event and we want to like do a promotional content so we want to like also blend it with like a bit of photography a bit of video we want to work with people who can like help us decorate the space um yeah just you know kind of creatively direct event that is around food Mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily the same as going out to a restaurant (laughs) and so yeah and so this this way we create bracha and um and so far so good so you are like best friends in real life as well yeah definitely we live together we work together we even travel together he recently visited poland yeah it's it can be a lot i was you know like spending so much time together can be like a little bit much but this recent trip to poland and one residency we did in france like really proved that we get along and like we didn't fight at all and yeah it was great <laughs> that's so cool yeah and uh can you share a bit about your individual backgrounds and mm. how they contribute to your unique vision of cooking yeah with barky unfortunately he wasn't like able to join us today he's really busy as always mm-hmm. <laughs> um but barky uh did phd in anthropology at oxford and then went to journalism and he works at The Economist as a podcast producer. But at the same time, he was trained as a chef. He traveled to China for a few years. He did a course at a culinary school there. He trained at Bao London and at Barbary London, which are two like pretty good restaurants in the city. And so, yeah, so that's his background. And I think like 
with him, he always has this like quite theoretical and like very well thought through process to like mm -hmm. what he wants the vision to be, which is really amazing because like, you know, we kind of complement each other in this way because he's really kind of like, he can be really good with just figuring out logistics and figuring out like how to nail the vision, whereas I'm maybe slightly better with like coming up with the visuals and like how the stuff would look like mm -hmm. in the real life. So it's kind of nice synergy in between. And with my background, I studied politics and philosophy and I don't know how this country is <laughs> to my work right now. Um, but, um, but I've always, like I also work in fashion a bit. So like I've always liked fashion and beautiful photography and video and and been cooking for quite a few years and i trained at at a restaurant at like fine dining vegan restaurant called plates for a while and i also work with a photographer who also uses food as medium so like he would do campaigns for fashion brands and then like the photography that he does always involves like some aspect of food but at the same time we would also like do events together which are also around dinners and um yeah so i think like with this background i've really developed the skill of cooking but at the same time being aware of the aesthetics that surround it and so that's why like you know whenever i put out something out there and like or whenever i create an event i think like i really want it to look extremely beautiful and polished so um yeah i think i think this is this is why like my stuff looks the way it does. Yeah. Yeah. So what was, what is your experience in fashion exactly? Mm -hmm. uh, I modeled for like past, when did I start? Three years, I think it's been. Oh yeah, over three years. I think it was 2020 when I started. I was scouted back then. And so, that, so that's my experience. You know, it's just kind of like a side thing that brings me some money, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> and um, yeah, and, and otherwise, like I also work with Alex, which you know, involves like all this experience on, on the shoots for for, um, for fashion brands. And I think with that, and I also pay attention to my style and I think that's, that's the experience I have. And like, and that's why I also like maybe don't come across as just a chef, you know, cause, cause like, it's not, it's not only about food, I guess, in the, in yeah. the things that we do. So yeah, I guess like, you know, branching out a little bit towards fashion, you know, helps me maybe think slightly different than just straight up chef. So what was the first supper club that you created that really involved more than um, the food in terms of like the aesthetics and the decoration? Like, mm -hmm. was it the idea from the very beginning or it mm -hmm. came along? No, I, I think it was an idea from the very beginning. I mean, like, I wanted to have, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to have in the mm -hmm. very beginning. I just knew that I wanted to do something with food, something that is like colorful and pretty yeah. <laughs> and that is maybe, and it's not a restaurant. <laughs> um, Why not a restaurant though? Um, I think there's few things about it. And from the perspective of running a business, it's the thing that slightly can limit the creativity in a way that 
I know that running running a restaurant is like extremely demanding because you need to think about the business side, you need to be the chef, you need to like show up, you need to make, um, you know, you need to make all these orders, you need to think about like what to prepare for the next day and like and plan in advance and do the service and the thing is that like the creativity part in for example creating a menu or like creating I don't know taking care of the interior design is just such a small part of like the whole business that I'm I'm just personally like I'm just not into it as mm -hmm. as much um and from the perspective of a guest, of a client, I think it's, it's the thing that when you come to the restaurant, you kind of like, you need to book a table, you know you're there for like a limited amount of time, which is usually like 90 minutes, maybe like two mm -hmm. hours. And then you kind of have this feeling that like you're expected to free a table for the next guest and that you they want you to pay for it and just kind of get the fuck out. Yeah, this is so, such a common thing in London, yeah. though. Yeah, especially in London. Yeah, right? I don't think it's a thing in other countries that yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think be due to the fact that there's just so many people here mm -hmm. and so many people who can actually afford going out that like everything is booked in advance. So like, I can't even blame the restaurants. You know, it's just like. Like they need to make a living, so they need to run the business in a way which is profitable. So that's why they have like all these limitations, and you know. And whereas with the events, it's it's nice in a way that you know that you pay in advance, so like you don't need to worry about like the money at the end. So that's the first thing. And then like you come over and you know that this is especially curated for that one evening or maybe for like few nights in a row. But like it's kind of like a one-off thing. It's kind of special. It exists right here, right now, and it's probably not gonna exist in the future. Mm -hmm. And you have that all the exp you have all that experience, kind of like almost especially for you. You know, like it depends like how many clients we can have, how many guests we can have during the night. But it's like it's usually quite a limited amount. So I think it's there's something nice about the fact that you know it's kind of more exclusive and and it's on a smaller scale and yeah. I think I think I think that's that's why I prefer what I'm doing to running a restaurant. <laughs> it's so cool. So you really like this unexpectedness of preparing the events. Like people will come and they experience it once in a lifetime. It's not like they come. And there is a set menu that they will always see in the same place every time. Yeah, exactly, exactly that. It's it's, it's just so. That's what I mean. Also about the creativity behind it. That you kind of. You know, you do you do that, and maybe you don't get exactly the best at it because if you have a set menu at the restaurant, for example, for like the whole season, and you do it yeah. every single night, like okay, fair enough. After two months, you're gonna nail that, and like every detail is gonna be like so polished, and like it's just gonna be exactly perfect. And even though I try to like do everything perfect, obviously, like I can't get to that level if that's if it's yeah. just like one night or like few nights in a row. But what's nice about it is that it's kind of just there and it's temporary and people I think really appreciate the fact um, that you know it just happened and like it's never gonna happen again mm -hmm. and and they had this experience and they're like oh but I've been there you know yeah. and I had that experience and like and I'm able to say that I've been through it I don't know that's at least like what makes me excited about it. Yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> so actually, what was the your favorite supper club that you have done so far? 
you know, we haven't, we've only started working since last year, so it hasn't been that long, but we've done like a fair amount of events. It really depends, really depends, honestly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, we did one, the first one that I was like, oh, okay, like this is cool. And like, it gave me this like really good rush during mm -hmm. the night and, and I was really satisfied with. I think it was the one that we did at this gallery in Soho called Carpets Contemporary. And so we did an event that was, we did separate club that was supposed to match and correlate with the paintings of the current exhibition that was in there. And these were the paintings by actually a Polish painter I think I mentioned to you before, yeah. by Julia Kowalska. And like, and, and I really, I was really happy I was asked to do that because like I genuinely really love and appreciate her paintings. And so this was like such a nice opportunity um, to kind of, you know, really do something creative and really do something where like you're stimulated to kind of try and, um, I don't know, like not mirror, but be inspired by something else and then use that as like a theme. Like reflect on her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And use that as a framework to create something yourself. And so we did. So since she's Polish and since her paintings were kind of like giving me this like chic and clean vibe, but in this, I don't know, like folk way, maybe slightly like old school Polish way. Yeah. We were thinking with my other friend who was also like during, doing curation during that event that we want to go through this like chic communist grandma style yeah. with the sets. We did like lace tablecloths and we did like gherkin pyramid and mm -hmm. we served a shop vodka on the beginning and <laughs> the flowers were pink and like the whole menu that we did was also trying to, you know, emulate kind of um, the vibe of the painting. So I don't know, like on the, we, we began, we began the night with which is this like silky blended uh, soup with mm -hmm. like horse head crouton because like the main painting in that exhibition had a horse head on it um, and what else like all the dishes were had like a touch of and shade of pink in it so, because like the paintings were kind of like that um, so yeah I think that, that was kind of the first one that I was like dang like this is super exciting and it's like so you know unique to be able to do that and yeah I was I was like really hyped about it and like super motivated to do that and like and was happy with how it turned out so it's also great yeah it seems like while creating the food you are inspired but not only by the idea for example behind the art so like this folk style of uh, Poland and the colors, mm -hmm. but also but by like the visuals, so like mm -hmm. the head of the horse. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm wondering with, usually with the events, do you uh, try to match the visuals, the aesthetics of the client or mostly like the idea behind the event? Mm. Um, yeah, it also depends, I think. What's nice about what I'm doing is that every single time it's completely different and sometimes mm -hmm. it's a pop-up which like, you know, we curate and it comes directly from us. Sometimes it can be a thing like we did at the gallery. Sometimes it can be like something that is like more just strictly about food. But for example, like the last one I did in Poland, which was the back to school event, um, I like I transformed like the whole space to look like primary school. So mm -hmm. like, I don't know, like I hung 
a blackboard on one of the walls. I hung like world map and, you know, and like all the tables had these like um, red and white kind of crossed tablecloths on it, mm -hmm. like you would have in school cafeteria. Um, and with the food, it just like, I try to recreate, you know, this nostalgia that people may have when they think about school. So like all the dishes from your childhood. And so, you know, it's like, I, I, I don't know like how much you, you might know it, but we had this like really iconic dish that is like pomidorowa, which is, yeah. you know, which is the, the, uh, the tomato soup. soup. And so I just tried to do that, but in like maybe slightly refreshed version, mm -hmm. like slightly more, um, I don't want to say nuanced, but like, I don't know, I guess like Please just my... Please run us for all the dishes that you made <laughs> for this one. Uh, I started with with this like bow tie uh, pasta dish, mm -hmm. which is also like, I don't know if you had yeah, that. Polish yeah, Polish primary Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like, it's just so iconic that like, I actually did like a poll before and like I asked all my friends, all my family, I even posted it on Instagram and I was like, oh, what are your favorite dishes from the childhood? And like, I literally like counted the votes behind everyone. And I was like, damn, yeah, okay. So we're gonna go with these ones because these ones seem to be like, you know, really like, resonate with people. So the first one was like the bow tie pasta dish with this kind of like cheese, but it, but I'm vegan. So it was kind of like cashew based um, cream mm -hmm. with uh, strawberries. And then we did, then we did the tomato soup with like cute cut out um, different shapes of carrots and mm -hmm. alphabet noodles, because that's also <laughs> like a really childhood yeah. thing. And we had gawampki, which are just like cabbage wraps with dill oil and like mushroom broth. And then, and then I had a jelly with also like a little strawberry compote and, um, and whipped cream. And I also did compote, which is, I don't know if, uh, if everyone listening will know, but it's like this fruit, sweet fruit kind of like drink. Juice. Yeah, drink. Yeah, a juice. Um, which is also like super iconic in Poland. Um, yeah. I think it's also like the outcome of the communist times, right? Like there wasn't too many fruits, so people would put them in the jar. Oh yeah, maybe to preserve right? it. Yeah. yeah, I actually don't know, but it's yeah, you're probably onto something. I yeah, because like this is the thing that my grandma would always have, you know, like yeah. somewhere in the back of the house, like the ten jars of compote to mm -hmm. open at any occasions, mm -hmm. like really? in the winter. Yeah, because oh, there's no fruit, right? So cute. you have this thing yeah. in the jar. Yeah, yeah as a form of preservation, that makes yeah. sense. So you draw like a lot of from Polish culture actually with mm -hmm. your food. Yeah, definitely. I think I think that's because me and Barkley are both Polish. Mm -hmm. And well, I mean, he grew up in London, but he's half Polish. And so, you know, this is like kind of the thing that connects us. And I don't really want to focus on like the Polishness because like I'm not necessarily like patriotic or like you know mm -hmm. but it's just like whether you want it or not it's in you so i guess like it just kind of comes naturally yeah um and it's authentic right yeah and, and then yeah i guess it's authentic if like if i was like another white chef who's doing like modern japanese style food it's like yeah. first of all like it's been done so many times second of all like would you really trust me yeah i can see that yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it just comes naturally, I think. And you mentioned that you are vegan mm -hmm. and your partner is not. Mm -hmm. How does this dynamic influence your mm -hmm. culinary mm -hmm. creations? Oh, like Bark is completely fine with cooking mm -hmm. vegan. Yeah. 
I mean, we don't really advertise it. But you I, don't cook non-vegan. Uh, no, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm vegan and like, and, and Barkley. Well, actually, like at home, we we have like kind of vegan house. He was mm-hmm. like kind enough to come up to, with this idea. I'm not, I'm not like, m- you know, a militant vegan by no means. Like mm-hmm. I really, like everyone does what they feel good with themselves, you yeah. know. So yeah. Um, so I don't really judge. It's fine. And the way it influences uh, our process, I think it's kind of easy. It's kind of it's kind of nice because it's then for everyone, whether you're vegan or not, you can eat that, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's also nice that it's like more inclusive because like everyone can enjoy it. So on this part, I think it's it's quite nice. And it's maybe, maybe because vegan cuisine is just like not as popular in general, perhaps that's makes it slightly more unique because you need to like try a little bit harder to come up with new ideas because there's just not that many points of reference out there in comparison to like, you know, omnivore diet. So, so maybe, yeah, maybe it's like slightly more challenging, but at this point in my life, like I just don't, I don't find it challenging. So do you have any favorite ingredients or cooking techniques that you often incorporate into your food? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. It's a quite... I never heard this question actually before. Mm, It probably... it really changes. I remember I was just like so obsessed. That was like years ago, but I was obsessed with eating avocado every single Mm -hmm. morning for breakfast. And then like I would I would do that for like two years obsession, like two years every single day. I couldn't have like... it was before I went vegan, so like I couldn't have just... I couldn't like leave the house without fried eggs and avocado. Yeah. And then... And then I got to the point where like I couldn't even look at it anymore. I just like <laughs> I got like kind of like overwhelmed by that um, by that one ingredient. But um, and now I eat it again. Now I love it again. Um, avocado. It, yeah, avocado. Yeah, I I really it really depends. Also with seasons, you know. Like now it's kind of it becomes colder right now in London for the past few days. I think mm-hmm. like we're actually entering uh, autumn finally. Yeah. Um. So I will probably like drift towards something a little bit more uh, comfy and mm-hmm. awesome and you know and kind of warm so I don't know like about specific ingredient maybe now would be like whether or not squash is pretty cool and it's like oh, yeah. quite diverse and like you can do a lot of different stuff with it you can bake it you can steam it you can do a verte you can like make a soup with it uh, I like to like like to roast it and put it in a ramen like spicy really? spicy ramen. pumpkin based ramen is really good actually oh, wow. yeah it's really nice um i would say for <laughs> um mid-october 2023 i'm saying <laughs> pumpkin pumpkin <laughs> yeah is there actually a difference between pumpkin or and squash they look slightly different but like flavor wise quite similar okay. yeah yeah so and what about like the favorite dish for now Oh, wow. That's also difficult. Um, actually, like, to be honest, when I don't work, when I don't, like, do something for, like, the next pop-up event, whatever it is, I actually eat, like, very simple. And, like, I just try to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. I eat, like, coconut yogurt with granola and fresh fruit in the morning. And then, like, I have a salad. Mm-hmm. I try to, like, stay really healthy, you know? Yeah. So, um so yeah, I don't. Yeah, I I had like pretty nice salad today, with like a lot of fresh ginger. Fresh <laughs> so, ginger. Yeah, fresh ginger like 
really diced, mm -hmm. really finely diced. It's so good in salad, it cuts through so well. Um, <laughs> you wanted something like, you wanted like a funkier answer, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, French ginger salad sounds really, you know, like, uh, I think for this season when everybody gets sick. Yeah. So I guess it's a good recommendation. But I really like going out to Koya restaurant. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of my favorites. It's the Peruvian one. Koya is Japanese. Oh, Japanese, yeah. okay. They have like a few different places in London and they're mostly famous for udon, but they also have like a lot of small dishes. And there's this one, okay, I have I have favorite one and it's actually great oh, for yeah. autumn. <laughs> it's mushroom with sweet walnut miso udon soup. And it's like, it's so bomb, it's just so oh, wow. yummy and like so like deep and rich and like it just like calls you, it's like, it's like your mom's hug. Mm. That's how That's I nice feel, That's how I feel yeah. after finishing a meal there. <laughs> it's a warm hug. <laughs> That's something you definitely need to like try in the restaurant because it sounds so complicated. Uh, I think it's very easy. All, all respect to Koya, but like I think it's it's like you can you can recreate it at home actually. It's just a bunch of, bunch of mushrooms and like, you know, <laughs> I can, if anyone listening wants a recipe, hit me up. <laughs> I can probably do it. <laughs> so actually like talking about recreating the foods from the restaurants or from like chefs, mm -hmm. who is your biggest inspiration in the food world? Mm, wow, that's hard. I think, to be honest, I'm extremely lucky to work with Alex with that hungry. Like, and I think he's just the best in the industry. <laughs> Genuinely, like, it's it sounds it sounds funny that I'm saying that like my job is the best, but like it kind of is. is. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm yeah, I'm super. I'm really inspired by like just his visual side is just so strong and I think it's it's honestly the best in the game and it's so unique and so and it's also like such a high skill that he has with photography um, but at the same time he's insanely creative with food and like I just learned so much from him that mm -hmm. yeah I would I would say Alex is is the best so for those who don't know does he work for a restaurant or does he oh no no, no he's a, as well? uh he he's a he's mainly a photographer and mm -hmm. filmmaker but also chef at the same mm -hmm. time yeah yeah so he also creates this interplay between like food and art yeah yeah kind of so cool yeah so that one on the beginning i mentioned that like i assist on the shoots mm -hmm. so that's that's who i assist that's him yeah yeah uh, so yeah, if you if you wanna check, it's like it's that hungry on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how did you meet him? Uh, I just DM'd him and I was like, I love you. <laughs> I love your work. Can I work for you? And and he was like, Oh, I'm looking for assistance right now. So uh, <laughs> you're lucky. <laughs> we met and I was like, that was right after I graduated and I was, um, and I realized that I wanna transition more towards this industry, and and I followed him for like few years and I, and I've always been in awe of what he makes. And yeah, and then we met and he will, and, and then we vibed and worked since then. So it's nice. How does the process of food photography look like? Uh, it really depends, but like sometimes we shoot for his blog. So we just like make the dishes, but also like try to do like something a little bit more special around mm -hmm. it. Like something slightly, I, like, I don't want it to sound too pretentious, but like, you know, something like that is like maybe slightly unexpected you know yeah. uh, maybe like a different close-up or using like an ingredient or or uh an item that you wouldn't expect 
in uh, in a recipe process, mm -hmm. perhaps, and then try to like create a nice set for it where like it just looks extremely beautiful. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, or if it's for a client, then we work usually with a product, and then with that product, we would just think of, you know, how to how to like make it shine, but at the same time connected with food. Mm -hmm. um, which sounds funny when you say it, but I guess like you just need to check the imagery <laughs> yeah. and decide for yourself whether you like it. Talking about like unusual or unexpected ingredients, yeah. how do you source the ingredients for like big commissions mm -hmm. for supper clubs? Mm -hmm. Is it like a difficult process? Uh, there's suppliers, mm -hmm. yeah. So there's literally people who you call up and they have like all the connections with to the farmers and and you ask for what they have in the season and you go for the list and yeah and then you order it <laughs> it's it's quite straightforward actually okay yeah not that complicated yeah 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 because yeah. for me it sounds like a big challenge you know to order like food for i don't know 20 people yeah dinner and to manage everything mm -hmm. the the amounts are kind of tricky mm -hmm. because like that's that's actually like the downside of having an event thing is that since we do every single time since we do something slightly different and like the recipes are different then you kind of like don't exactly know the amounts you're supposed to order so we did like 120 people wedding uh on the beginning of september so it was a lot and i think we ordered literally like 10 times too much kale <laughs> for the salad <laughs> and we just had like half of the bottom was just like covered with these leaves and we just like didn't know what to do with it then we like then we put it into use and we figured it out but yeah some so sometimes it's tricky with like the amounts of food that you order but but the process itself is, is quite straightforward you just need to find a good supplier that has like really good quality organic food especially when you cook plant-based it's like mm. it's really important to like have good quality yeah, yeah. But anyways, I think it's way more sustainable, like mm -hmm. supper club than a restaurant or than any other mm -hmm. food-related business. What mm -hmm. do you think? Mm -hmm. Well, it depends. There's few restaurants that are trying to be zero waste. There's this amazing restaurant in Hackney Week, in Hackney Week called Silo. And so basically they I don't know if they came up, it's not that they came up with the concept of zero waste, but they're trying to like really incorporate it and they've really like um, popularized it. And so their thing is that like they don't really have a bin in the restaurant. Mm -hmm. So literally like all the food scraps, they just try to be like as creative as possible to reuse it and, you know, and to like... Like no make... bin at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I think they have, like, some bin. I think, like, they cannot use, like, actually, like, always 100% of everything. I think, yeah. like, that's impossible. But they pretty much, like, use every single part of a veg... It's, they're not vegan, but, like, pre pretty much, like, every single part of, like, vegetable or, like, piece of meat or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, they're using to, to, like, come up with something for use for it, which is, like, pretty cool. But... But yeah, but that's that's definitely like a niche. That's definitely a minority. I think like restaurants mostly that's the thing. And like and shops in general, just like vegetable shops and supermarket, like they waste so much food because they have this like quite strict regulation about expiry date. And most of the time, actually, um, if you look at the stuff that is like about to expire, it still kind of looks good. Like it's yeah. still fine to eat for like quite a long time afterwards. But they still but they need to get rid of it because. 
you know, if the inspection comes in, they would get yeah. fined and like, you know, so they can't really reuse it or like keep it for longer. So yeah, I think it's like running a restaurant that can be really unsustainable, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's like a lot of food waste. Yeah. So um, can you share like some behind the scenes from your uh, cooking or some mishaps that happened during your um, preparations? Uh, you mean like the fuck-ups we did? Yeah, basically. <laughs> oh. um, the amount of stuff that we ordered, for example, it's really hard to get the details down because like, since it's like every single time, it's like different space, different venue, different people, different amount of people, it's like, it's just so hard to, and there's so many details you need to think through. It's so difficult to like get everything like absolutely nailed, you know, like mm -hmm. to for a hundred percent. So. I don't know. I mean, I genuinely, that 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 sounds funny, but like genuinely, we didn't never had like massive fuck ups. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So far, so good. So like, you know, sometimes it happened that like I didn't order enough like amount of plates or cutlery, and then mm -hmm. like really last minute I had to like run to the shop and like figure it out, and it was like extremely stressful because I was supposed to like be preparing the venue or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, like never something like actually actually insane happened i'm trying to think genuinely but like so far so good but you know I, like i'm still fairly new in the industry yeah. so <laughs> i'm sure that like major facts ups are still ahead of me but that's really yeah. good so yeah. um since we're coming to the end of the episode could you yeah. share your advice on how to start the journey in the mm -hmm. food world and mm -hmm. what to do not to have mm -hmm. any fuck ups yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow um oh damn i mean like my what I do is quite specific and niche, so it really depends. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> if if anyone wants to like actually follow what I do because it's so specific. Um, but I guess just like for starting out for everyone, I think just I I was searching for so long for something that I'm genuinely excited about, and this is like the first thing. Running this is the first thing that no matter how much I work, I'm still hyped. You know, it's like I can I can have like sleepless nights in a row and like and I'm completely fine with it. And like I wake up and I'm like, OK, I, you know, I'm tired, but like I'm fucking grateful and like so happy to like keep running this and like keep doing it and like keep pushing it. So I think I don't know, it's super, gen you know, uh, general advice, but like just find something that you actually like at least a bit. Um, and then it kind of comes naturally because before <clears throat> I was studying politics and philosophy and I did quite enjoy it, but I definitely thought that this is not mm -hmm. the right career path for me and like I'm just not gonna go down that path. Um, and so like I knew that I just never have motivation to do it. Like I knew that going to the office every morning would be quite dreadful for me every single day. And you know, and with this thing, it's like I wake up and I'm like ready to go and like, yeah. and I have you know so many ideas and 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 i just like i can just feel it kind of in me i don't know i can just feel that it's like the right thing for me personally to do so i i wish that for everyone because it's it's really nice to like have that you know have that excitement and have that creative rush yeah. <laughs> and motivation just come uh organically yeah so Coming to the end of this episode with Carol, I want to really thank you for the most interesting conversation. 
Uh, Bratia's unique approach to creative and curated cooking and collaboration is truly inspiring. And to our listeners, thank you for listening to us today and don't forget to follow us for more exciting episodes on the Young Artists Podcast. Thanks, bye! See you! Thank you! <laughs> thank you for joining us on the Young Artists Podcast. Don't forget to stay connected with us on Instagram and LinkedIn. Follow us at Young Artist Podcast for behind-the-scenes glimpses, updates, and even more artistic inspiration. Your support fuels our creativity.